Today's show is sponsored by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, the one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. You can follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. That would be much, much appreciated. So we got a bit of a fun show coming up today. I had a conversation with Joe Narsa, and if you're not familiar with that name, Maybe you Overdrive fans will be because he's the original Al from Overdrive. That's right. I'm Al's brother. This is the Al in Al's brother. So a bit of a family reunion of sorts here on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. But uh, he has a podcast called The Leaguer Podcast, and it's a great show. He's got a, had a lot of really good guests and some solid hockey topics um, about the culture of hockey, about hockey uh, equipment. It's really cool. Uh, but most of all, he's just a big-time Leafs fan, former producer of the show Overdrive and Leafs Lunch, uh, really knows his stuff. So I'm welcoming Joe uh, on to the show today, so we're going to chat a little bit about last night's game against Winnipeg, some more overarching storylines about the season as a whole so far, and then we're going to play some cosine, no sign, where we talk about some pretty deep, deep Maple Leafs content. So you're not going to want to miss it. And without further ado, let's bring him in, Mr. Joe Narsa. All right, joining me on the show now is Joe Narsa, the original Al from Overdrive for those OD fans out there, and now host of the Leaguer podcast. Joe, thanks so much for joining me, pal. Mike, there's no thanks needed. This is a family affair. This is uh, <laughs> this is something we have to do. When Al's brother calls Al, he says yes. This is how it works in the industry and also at the family table. You wouldn't believe how many times I get asked, who is Al? That like that question po- is asked and posed to me yeah. probably a dozen times a week, whether it's on Twitter or it's just people asking like family members, friends who don't like follow the show, who aren't big sports, but they always want to know like, who's Al? And I got, yeah. I try and tell them the story. It's like, well, it's this guy named Joe. And they're like, wait, what? How, what do you mean it's this guy named Joe? And it's just, it always ends up going down a rabbit hole. And do you know how you got the nickname Al? Oh, yeah. That is like the, that is the story of legend of Overdrive. Basically, I was uh, a fill-in, ho- a fill-in producer at the beginning. So, for example, when uh, Steph or uh, the former producer Tyler would be away, they would ask me to fill in. So I'd be like, no problem. And at this point, like I'd worked with the boys a lot as an intern and also um, have done some stuff with them, like on location and everything like that. So the guys knew me. Hayes knew my name. It was Joe. Noodles knew my name. It was Joe. Um, and yeah, for the, that's Jamie McLennan for anybody who doesn't know. But anyways, um, and then uh, Jeff O'Neill, uh, I thought knew my name. So basically <laughs> what happened was I walk in. And what people don't realize is um, the one funny thing about Overdrive is all of our hosts are somewhere else. 
they're never all in the same place. So you'll never kind of catch them all together until like um, three minutes before the show because everybody has their own prep and everything like that. So I walk into the TSN um, 1050, you know, pre-booth area. And uh, Hayes is always like kind of in a in uh, one of the booths with a computer doing some research. Um, and I was like, hey, Brian, he's like, Joe, what's going on? I keep walking through noodles is sitting there and he's like, Joe, what's up, buddy? I'm like, Hey buddy, how you doing? I walk over and there's a big uh, couch and people who follow 1050, you've seen the couch on uh, Twitter and stuff oh, like yeah. that. The big gray couch that's been there for way too long. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, just sitting there and he's like this. And I'm like, Oh, what's going on? Doesn't even look up. And he just goes, holds his phone, stares right at it and goes, What's up, Al? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, your name's Al. Like, it wasn't a question. That's what I think threw me off the most, that somebody told me my name and I wasn't too. And I was like, no, my name is Joe. And he's like, what? Your name is Al. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> so then he's like, noodles. What is his name? And he's like, Joe. He's like, it's Al. He's like, he is the most Joe I've ever seen. He goes, Noodle specifically said, he's like, if you like were to look up Joe in a dictionary, this guy's face would come up. And he's like, well, he's out to me. And that's it. That, and then it's stuck. Like it's, it's stuck to the point that like there was email chains going on and it was like, it's time for Alver drive. And like everybody was calling me out it, it, even. And then Hayes, it stuck with Hayes too. Al and uh yeah I, I'm with you I see it all the time on Twitter like people will tweet you and then be like who's Al and then if I see it I'll just be like hey like, it's me this <laughs> guy show them. Wait, what's going on <laughs> that's me dude I, it's, it's honestly the same thing right like I, I became Al's brother because you and I look alike so people are like yeah. oh it's Al's brother and that's kind of how the origin of that nickname came to light and you know it was the same thing it was it was O who came up with the nickname and then it was like Hayes and Noodles who you know they started calling me Mike and then eventually Mike just left their vocabulary. I'm now Al's brother to everybody, yeah. anybody at this station, anyone who works at Tia. I'll get a phone call from Steph or from our, our uh, program director, and they'll be like, Al's brother, how's it going? It's like, yeah, do you know my real name? I, I'm still not quite sure if you know. Man, my after a while, is. it disappears. I've had some nicknames. Like Jim Taddy used to call me Just Joe. And I asked him why, and he goes, well, because I'm the tat man, and you're just Joe. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. So, it, you know what? Honestly, I find radio is the closest thing you get to a locker room, and I've always said you don't get to pick your nicknames. So True. you get stuck with whatever ends up your way. So sometimes, it's listen, I would take Al or Al's brother over some of the nicknames I've heard in my life, so uh, it's not too bad. Well, and we, it's nice that it kind of has a little bit of a running story. So you're keeping the family legacy alive. Oh, yeah. Al will always be alive in overdrive as long as I'm there as Al's brother. It's uh, it's a family affair. But exactly. uh, it, it was good to reminisce for a few moments and kind of get to the bottom. Because I had uh, uh, a couple of AMAs and, and some mailbags where I've legitimately had people reach out in these mailbags. And they want to know the origin of the Al's brother nickname. So, <laughs> I mean, we kind of just went through it right here. So for those people who've yeah. asked me about that, who listen to this podcast, or for those Overdrive fans... That's where Al's brother came from. Came from this man who was nicknamed Al. And as we heard, it's literally just because O didn't know his actual name. 
There's no. And then told me it's my name. <laughs> and just said, no, it's Al. And I, it's Al. And, and that's me too. No, you're not my, you're Al's brother. That's it to everybody. So that's how those nicknames came about. Um, Joe, as I'm going to refer to you as though, uh, let's get down to business here because we're going to be chatting about the Maple Leafs. So last night, uh, a nice 3-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Scored a couple early goals, added another shorthanded one in the second. Winnipeg started a comeback with a power play marker, and then Campbell really shut the door. Leafs win it 3-1. to one. Uh, Overall, your thoughts on last night's win? To me, I think that's a statement win for the Maple Leafs. When it comes down to it, the Winnipeg Jets seem to be the one team that the Maple Leafs, I think, need to worry about when it comes to winning the North Division. Ultimately, everybody has their weaknesses. Everybody has their flaws. But I firmly believe when you have a goaltender that's playing like he is the best goaltender in the world, and this is not a knock at Carey Price. I would take Carey Price over any goalie in the NHL. But I think the Winnipeg Jets have everything built in their power to be a Leaf killer because they're physical, they're big, they can skate. They have a goalie that can shut you down. And the Leafs saw all of that against Columbus last year in the play-in round. And the Maple Leafs still have a lot to prove because they're a team that haven't won anything, literally. So I was I was very surprised at the Leafs' ability to dominate that game. Um, I think when you look at the Maple Leafs specifically, the catalyst for all of this has been in the pipes. I think Jack Campbell has changed the Maple Leafs, their emotions, their confidence, the way they play. And I think the Maple Leafs made a statement to the Winnipeg Jets that it's not going to come easy when you play them and they're not going to be a team that's going to be intimidated by the Jets' ability to be fundamentally a very strong team like any team is when they're coached by Paul Maurice. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or do at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you mentioned it, and, and I've always kind of thought about this and I've discussed it. You know, what, what is it about when Jack Campbell's in net? This team just looks better. They seem to play more cohesive. They seem to play tighter, and they seem to play more as a team, and they really help out Campbell, and, and in return, they usually end up winning. And when I say usually, they always win. Jack Campbell is 7-0 in his seven starts this season, a 141 goals against a 948 save percentage. Like, what is it about this team and why they play just so much better out in front of this guy than they do when Hutchinson or Campbell or or someone else is in between the pipes. Well, honestly, I'll say the number that kind of sticks out to my head is that save percentage, the above 9-2. So anything above 0.92, yeah. and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a, a huge stats guy. Funny enough, I used to produce um, hockey analytics. 
<laughs> but I look at it as simple as this. If a goaltender has a 0.92 save percentage, that means he makes 92% of his save. So every 12 shots, one goal goes in. On pace, most teams shoot about 24 to 30 shots a game. Jack Campbell has proven that so far, he's able to hold the fort when the Leafs get peppered, and he's able to hold the fort when the Leafs don't. And I think his save percentage is proving that he's able to make those saves, and the Maple Leafs, I feel, feel and look more confident when he's there. And I'd give you a huge example. Freddie Anderson is now probably, I think, an 899 save percentage, if not an 890 in his last like eight or seven games, because it's been a rough stretch for Freddie Anderson. Apparently, he's injured. I don't necessarily buy that as much as what the Maple Leafs are turning on, just because right. it seems like a great way to miss a goalie controversy. It's and I think Freddie Anderson right? uh, is a good goalie. Convenient. Awfully convenient that he's injured right now when yeah. this controversy sparks up and it's like, who are you going to start? And it's like, actually, Anderson can't play, so you have to start Campbell. But, you know, when it comes to this goalie situation, and I so badly want to hand Campbell the starting job, Mm-hmm. just because of how well he's played. But his like inability to play multiple games in a row is concerning. Yeah, I. what's interesting is that Jack Campbell's injury seems to be something that's continuous based on that leg injury he had um, about a month ago. But I think it says a lot about the fact that the Maple Leafs are using rest in a way to maintain and protect him. Because if you don't think that Jack Campbell is a goaltender that necessarily is going to be needed for the playoffs because Frederick Anderson is your guy, then I think you don't, you're don't you not afraid to run him into the ground when your starting goalie is not available. So I think the Maple Leafs are doing it on purpose because Jack Campbell is more valuable to the Maple Leafs than people actually can understand. And to your credit, Mike, honestly, when you, know, you point out that it's a very you know convenient situation that Frederick Anderson's unavailable, but you, you have to remember... Not you specifically, but Leaf fans have to remember Kyle Dubas has grown up as a general manager around Lou Lamarillo. And Lou Lamarillo knew how to control narratives and knew how to control stories. He didn't care whether you could question it. He just cared that he created it. And Kyle Dubas created this narrative that Frederick Anderson is unavailable because he's injured. So it takes the pressure off Jack Campbell. It takes the pressure off the Leafs media. And I think it's allowing them to maintain you know, his injury to to make sure he'll be healthy for when they need him most. Because I think they're focused on a potential where, yeah, Freddie might get the net back, but I don't know how long he would. Yeah, like to definitely. And, and it's going to be an interesting situation. Like who who's going to get the net tomorrow? Is Campbell going to be good? Like we, he's only played two games. Or he has yet to play three in a row since coming to Toronto. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. But, uh, you know, some other encouraging signs that we did see last night, aside from Campbell continuing his strong play, um, was the fact that the Leafs got off to, to an early start. And, and I felt that that was key for them and, and, Traditionally, this season, that's kind of been uh, the key for them is to get out to an early start, get the lead, and this team plays better with the lead. allows them to kind of play a simpler game. They tighten things up. And Winnipeg just didn't get many chances um, once Toronto kind of took the lead. Um, I think uh, one of the things that is the issue here with Toronto is that recently that hasn't been the case. You know, they, they were kind of getting caved, especially when they were going on that that bad stretch. And I think it's an encouraging sign to see that a game like last night, they woke up. And like I said, it was a statement game. And they went out, got the lead early, and kind of got back to playing similarly to the way they were when they went in, in, onto that dominating stretch out in Edmonton. Yeah, I think this Maple Leaf team has grown up a lot. I 
I do agree that, you know, you look at the Maple Leafs and sometimes you focus on the fact that you remember their faults and their breakdowns. But when this Maple Leaf team is playing well, there are signs that they are a very different group than the one that played last year, the one that was the year before. And to me, I think the catalyst for all of that is Austin Matthews. I think Mm -hmm. that what you look at with Austin Matthews is a completed hockey player. I don't think there's a question anymore about can he be physical? I don't think there's a question anymore about is he good in his own defensive defensive zone? I don't think there's a question anymore of if he needs to have the right matchup. Austin Matthews has proven now that he can play through adversity. He can play through injury. He can play his game and people have to tailor around stopping him. He doesn't have to change that. And I think that's bred into the rest of the Maple Leafs because you can put a letter on whoever you want. You know who is the driving force of the team and you know who's the best player on that franchise. And I think Austin Matthews has grown so much in the last, you know, six months that he is pushing the Leafs forward and the Leafs all look accountable now. It's not a team that will put their heads down and wait for Austin to do something or wait for Marner to do something. Because when you see Matthews going into the corner or playing three, four, five, six games with a busted wrist and still scoring, you know, you can't take days off anymore. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I feel like bringing in those veteran guys like uh, Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton in the offseason certainly helped him get to that point, right? He understands, you know, what it takes on and off the ice to be the best that he could be, to, to be a guy like Joe Thornton has been over the last 18 years or so, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that Matthews, we're seeing some encouraging signs last night, scored a goal, had an assist as well. Some encouraging signs that he is getting better. And then that wrist is kind of starting to heat up. He's he's shooting a bit more. It looks like he's not afraid to shoot from different angles like he was uh, when his wrist was kind of acting up a little bit. How much do you think, as the Leafs kind of went in that little stretch where they lost like six of eight games and the rest of the division kind of shrunk their lead on them a little bit, and now it's going to be a, you know, a good battle down the stretch, but how much do you think our overall opinion of the team was changed based on the fact that Matthews wasn't at 100% and that we weren't really factoring that in as they were kind of going on their losing streak? I think the issue with the Maple Leafs is that the opinion is based on failure that has happened previously. I don't feel like people have the confidence in this hockey team yet. And rightfully so you don't, you don't get it just because you can show it in spurts. So to your point, yeah, I do think that, you know, people were hypercritical about the Maple Leafs going through a bad stretch, but at the same time, I would say that there's nothing better than adversity for a young team to happen in situations that you can overcome and it doesn't kill you. Now, I'm not saying you want an 18-wheeler falling off the side of the highway (laughs) because those don't – you can't save those. No, just go look at what's happening with the Raptors there. Uh, That's your (laughs) 18-wheeler. Right, 100%. And sometimes it's just, you know, you take – your hands can't control the wheel. The wheel takes you, and you can't do anything. But I think for the Maple Leafs having a bad – for you know, having a bad six, seven-game stretch, one, it's bound to happen. Every team is going to go through a slump. Two – it's a situation where every game is technically worth four points because every win pulls your division rival away from you and they're not going to play anybody else. And most importantly, I think that the Maple Leafs fans frustration during that time were for once, I believe directed in the right areas. And I think a lot of the times Leaf fans get blamed for, you know, being overly critical or just nothing's good enough. But let's be honest in those six, seven games, 
there was star power that wasn't picking up the slack. Frederick Anderson's goals against average was skyrocketing above three. You had, you know, John Tavares was essentially invisible. Yeah. And you, you didn't have anybody outside of Matthews being able to do much. And Mitch Marner was playing average to better. And that's, that's a lot of focused energy on three players that are so fundamental to that team winning. And I think those were the pillars that were causing a lot of that team's failure during, you know, those five, six, seven game stretches. So fair point to Leaf fans. I mean, the Leafs didn't play that well, but they came out of it. They look like they're a more solid team now than I think they've ever been. And realistically, when you have a guy who's making just standard saves, that's all the Leafs really need nowadays because their D is not atrocious. So they've kind of found a balancing act back again, and they're able to kind of play their game and still get the saves they need. There's a name that you didn't mention when you talked about guys who weren't producing during that stretch, and I think you didn't mention him because he was producing. And this is a guy who's been producing kind of every single night for Toronto and had a goal last night, two points, and uh, that's Zach Hyman. Like, this guy continues to impress uh, probably first star of the night in in yesterday's win against the Jets. Um, Just, you know, how amazed have you been at where he's been able to take his game this season? You know what? It's it's incredible because I think the interesting part is I don't think it should amaze anybody that Zach Hyman has become such a key cog and such a great player in his context and in how he plays the game. I'm lucky enough to be the first person to actually interview uh, Zach Hyman after he got traded from the Florida Panthers to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And speaking with him and talking to him and getting to know the type of person he is, he does not have one lazy bone in his body. He puts 100% into everything he does. And that might be included writing books for children about, you know, finding your place and being comfortable in your own skin and overcoming adversity. And it may come on the ice and it may come into the in the gym. I mean, all I know is that whichever line you put Zach Hyman on tends to be the best line the Maple Leafs have that night. And yeah. that is not by accident. And when we had Darcy Tucker on the Leaguer podcast, he said to us, he said, I am a huge fan of this guy. He is one of the players I love watching. And one of the Leafs' greatest spark plugs was Darcy Tucker, who could play with Matt Sundin and Alexander McGillney. And yeah. for for somebody like that to focus on, you know, Zach Hyman, that says a lot because Toronto doesn't know what they have sometimes until it's gone. But with Zach Hyman, I think the whole city and every Leaf fan understands that he's been a huge part of the Maple Leaf success and he's been an absolute pleasure to watch. And you just got to you got to root for the guy. And as a Leaf fan, you got to hope he takes a home da- hometown discount because <laughs> he's going to make some money. Yeah. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And with that, 
Let's transition to a fun game I like to play here on the podcast called Cosine No Sign. And okay. for those who are new to the show or who haven't heard us play this before, very simple concept. I'm going to make a statement. Joe's going to make a statement. And we're either going to co-sign it if we agree or no-sign it if we disagree. And the reason why I want to transition this right now is because my first question that I'm posing to you, Joe Narsa, yep. is... Zach Hyman has priced himself out of Toronto. No sign. No, no sign. sign on that. No, Why? I don't think. I think Zach Hyman is the type of player that the Maple Leafs would look for in free agency. They have it right now. And I think the Maple Leafs have the opportunity of making that space by losing pieces that they don't necessarily need, nor are they getting a lot of value out of certain pieces. Where were that? I mean, everyone looks at at Alex Kerfoot. If he can move out that money, yep. I guess that takes money off the books. But like, you still have to think about if you're giving Zach Hyman a contract, you still have a lot of other money committed to players over the next few seasons. Whether that's Tavares, Matthews, Marner, um, you know, TJ Brody's got some money, Muzzin, right? And you also have Freddie, who's going to be up. Who you can make your decision if you think that he'll come back, but mm-hmm. a decision has to be made on that or at the goaltending position in general, even if it's not Freddie, if it's somebody else, you're still going to have to put some money into that position. And then also the fact that the following year, you're going to have Morgan Riley up for an extension. And can you mm-hmm. afford to have Zach Hyman on the books along with all those other guys? I think that's where the question here comes is what type of money is Zach Hyman going to get? Like if he wants less than five, I think. That would be a hometown discount for myself, right. and that he would stay in Toronto. I think they'd be able to to afford him at that price. But right now, like if I'm a, a team around the league and and I'm looking at the way that this guy is playing, the way that he's making his teammates better, his line mates better, I'm throwing five and a half million at this guy and hoping that he comes to my team. And if that's the case and he leaves for the money, I Toronto cannot pay him top dollar. He would have to take a hometown discount to stay with the Leafs. Yeah, but you have to remember, I mean, Zach Hyman found a way to get to the Maple Leafs from the Florida Panthers. He's a Toronto boy playing the GTHL, playing the um, OJHL. He grew up around here. He's somebody that clearly wanted to be here. So I think that's a huge factor. But I think the second thing to keep in mind is that with Kerfoot, if you are able to move a Kerfoot, great. If you were to look at this Maple Leaf franchise right now, who's more important, Zach Hyman or Jake Muzzin? And to me, it's Zach Hyman. If you look at this Maple Leaf roster, who's been more of an impact on the ice? And I say this, I swear to you, as honest as I can, and I'm not trying to create clickbait, Zach Hyman or Morgan Riley. I, I appreciate the talent of Morgan Riley. However, I don't think Morgan Riley is a number one defenseman in the NHL, nor does he look like a solid number two that can bring up a number one defenseman. So to me, I think that the biggest mistake that the Maple Leafs could make is signing Morgan Riley to a huge contract because I don't believe that I believe his ceiling, or we're, we're watching his ceiling right now. So, and that's a huge statement. I know. I'm not trying to create shockwaves here. <laughs> oh, here, try, but, we're here talking about Zach Hyman, and you took the opportunity to sit there and throw right. some shade towards Morgan Riley. No, and that's the thing. I the, listen. Morgan Riley has been one of the nicest human beings I've ever dealt with, and he he is an absolute professional. He's a huge leader in that locker room. He's fantastic. Yeah. The issue is that the Maple Leafs have. You can't miscast somebody because that's the only option you have. This Maple Leafs team did that. They said, well, well we got to sign Dion Phaneuf. What's better out there? 
And I understand that. And they did that with Phil Kessel as well. And they, and I'm not saying that Morgan Riley is not a key piece to this Maple Leaf franchise. I'm saying that if you have to sign Zach Hyman this year, you have to do it without thinking about the impact of Morgan Riley because you can find a way to make him fit. Going forward, I don't think Morgan Riley is a $9 million defenseman. No. So that's why, I, that's why I think that he can fit because if you were to get rid of a Kerfoot and then you were to, per, for example, you know, move on from um, a Muzzin or a Travis Dermott, you have a, a few extra million dollars here and there and you're able to sign Riley maybe seven mil a year. That's that's probably the most I would give him. So I think he fits. I think Zach Hyman fits. All right. All right. In conversation with Joe Narsa, we're playing some cosign, no sign here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Joe, give me your first statement. First statement, Anderson will get the net back. Ooh, Anderson will get the net back. So how are we deciphering get the, what get the net back means? Does this mean that Fine. he will be a bona fide um, starter every single night in the playoffs? How about this? If the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs in a elimination game will have Frederick Anderson in that. Uh, oh, no sign. I think I'm I agree. No sign. It like, let's not even look at his statistics in elimination games because we know what yeah. the stats are. Uh, winless, but. At this point, to me, as long as he's healthy, right, that's the big if. This is assuming that both goalies are healthy. Jack Campbell has given Toronto the best goaltending this season. When he's in net, they get better goaltending. It's it's just fact. Absolute fact. So if you got a one-game elimination, to me, you wanna you have to win that game. And to give yourself the best opportunity to do so, you got to give yourself the best chance by giving you the best goalie. And to me... In a one-gamer, I'm going with a healthy Jack Campbell. So I'm going to no-sign it. I'm with you on there. Yeah. I'm completely with you. All right. My second one for you. The Maple Leafs will add a goalie at the deadline. So we talk a little bit about the uncertainty of health with these guys. Are they going to add a goalie? I The statement is they will. Co-sign or no-sign? Okay. I'm going to say no-sign. Because I think the Maple Leafs added their goalie in Vili Vivalainen. So I think that the Maple Leafs are comfortable. Three times fast or no? Vili Vivalainen, Vili Vivalainen, Vili Vivalainen. I think it's it's not Vili. Is it, isn't it? Uh, it's not? Vaney? Vaney? Is it Vienny Vivalainen? Yeah. It's not Vili oh, Leno. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, You know what? I took an, I took a Finnish stereotype and thought his name was Vili because I've I've heard so many of them, so I apologize to you, Mr. Vivalainen. But I got your last name right. Yeah, which There's is not the, a lot of people that do that. That's the much more difficult one. You should have heard Matt right? Cause trying to pronounce that on game day. That, that was a that was a fun time. Um, I'm pretty. He's Italian, and I think he would still rip up your last name. So I don't I don't blame him. This is a man who's messed up his own name on air. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think I think the Maple Leafs are completely happy. They know that they have the right pieces in the puzzle when it comes to you know you think. Listen, Freddie on on his game and and what we know of Frederick Anderson, yes, he's a better goalie than Jack Campbell. Right now he's not playing like it. And they have Jack Campbell. And they they have some sort of belief in Hutch as a in case like break glass in case. Um and then I think Vivalainen is an actual option for them because he's young. He's shown skill and talent, similar type of goaltender to a Jack Campbell and then he's smaller, he's a little bit more mobile, but 
I think they've made their decision on their goaltending, and I don't think they're going to waste assets on a goaltender that really, when you think about it, are they going to get a goalie better than Jack Campbell? Because if you're not, why would you waste the asset? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, that's a no, no sign on yeah, me. I'm no signing it as well. I just, for the same reason you just said, who are you going to go out and get? Are you really? Yeah. What, is it? Is there a point to go out and make an upgrade at your number three goalie? And if so, who are you going to like? You're not going to go and get John Bernier, who's a guy who might be available. You're not going to be able to afford James Reimer, who I'm pretty sure is making over four million dollars, who might be available. But like you, but really Mike, you're naming off two goalies that have literally proven to be un uh, like unable to win in the city. <laughs> but exactly right. So that that that's the thing. If you're looking for a goaltender, I think the the thought process is you don't want to be in a situation where last year Colorado found themselves in, where they right. had to start their third goalie and Michael Hutch was he. Yeah, I think he was the third goalie, and Michael Hutchinson. He won two games. He did win two games, so I guess you're you're right. But ultimately, he wasn't able to get them to the next to the next level. Where if you get a guy like Bernier, who's better than Hutchinson, even yeah. as your number three, he might be able to play steady enough goaltending with the team in front of him. Considering that, I mean, when they were here, they also had a much worse team in front of them, right? So there, there's yeah, also of course. that. And I think that's the conversation is like, I don't think they're going to add anybody better than Campbell or Anderson, but could they add right. to that third goalie? Perhaps. I don't think so. I'm with you. They probably yeah. don't spend the asset to do it. Also, the fact that I think there are just other needs that this team will try and get to at the deadline than a third goalie. And plus, people tend to forget that Maple Leafs have a highly touted prospect in Joseph Wall. So you sooner or later, you're going to have to see what this kid's worth and see what that kid can do. So I, I think that, yeah, to your point, I think they're comfortable in that. I mean, they could call me. I'll do it. But <laughs> Well, there'll be a Joe in there, whether it be Joe Wall or Joe Narsa. Yeah, whatever. I'll take the fifth goalie spot. That's fine. Yeah, hey, I bet you do it for free, too. Yeah, just give me a jersey with my name <laughs> on it. I'm fine. There you go. All right, uh, second one for you. Uh, Nylander needs to be praised for his play this season. Uh, no sign. Mm, he's had I some, disagree. Well, he's had some good games. Don't get me wrong. And he's played a lot better as of late, but it, he's been far too inconsistent for me. And it's, yeah. it's almost like he's, he's bogging down. Well, at the same time, is it the chicken or the egg? Who's bogging who down? Is it Tavares bringing down Nylander or is it Nylander bringing down Tavares? But together, they've just struggled to find any sense of consistency. Although, recently, it seems like Elchenyuk has given both of them a little bit of a spark. But overall, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, say that he deserves the credit. What was the question again? He gets the- Does he deserve to be praised for his play this season? Yeah, I'm going to no-sign it. I, I don't think so. The only thing I would say is that, and that's fair. I think either way, a Leaf fan can take it 50-50, and you can take it 50-50. Because, yeah, there are spurts where you're just like, come on, man. But I would say that outside of Matthews and Marner, he's probably been the Leafs' like third or fourth most consistent forward. And the only other one you could probably put in there is like Hyman. Zach Hyman. So you, William Nylander, to me, um, and this is, again, my own personal opinion, which clearly means nothing because nobody pays me to coach, but <laughs> I find he looks a lot better alongside Matthews. And Marner has looked so much better beside Tavares because they – play off each other a lot better. And I think Nylander is working with the tools he has. Like John Tavares is a fantastic hockey player, but he he can't skate with William Nylander. And Nylander doesn't hold on to the puck as long as Marner, which doesn't let Tavares get into the play quick enough. So 
I, I would co-sign on that because I think William Nylander needs to be appreciated for the fact that he makes $7 million. He is a valued player for the Maple Leafs who is high-end talent. And honestly, defensively, I think he's been pretty solid this year. So, yeah, that's why I'm giving uh, our, our number 88 a little bit of uh, love this, this week on your show. I'll give him some slight love. I think that he has improved his defensive game a little bit. I, I will yeah. say that. I think he has from last year. Um, all right, my third one for you. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews will not win the Rocket Richard this season. Hmm. I will. Uh, I will no sign that because I think Austin Matthews could get forty plus this year. Forty plus in a fifty-six game season. He's at 24, 25, and he only has. They have what? At least have like twenty something games left in the season. About that, yeah. I think the reason why I think he can win it this year is because this is the first time I've seen him score in bunches. I mean, Austin Matthews has had, I guess this is what, his fifth season in the NHL? Because one season was like two seasons. So I think this is his fifth season in the NHL. And he's been somewhat streaky throughout the the early part of his his career. Yeah, but his streaks have been, you know, Matthews scores a goal every game for eight to nine games. But that's just nine goals. But this Austin Matthews is scoring in bunches of twos. Um, and he's looked the part that he could score three or four on any given night when he's healthy. So I think he has the opportunity to score 40 plus this season. I think he will definitely win the Rocket. Uh, I'm going to co- uh, I'm gonna no sign it as well. I'm with you. Nice. I think that Matthews will definitely win the Rocket. Like I, I put some money on this one, uh, which yeah. you can at betonline.ag, one of the show sponsors here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, shameless plug, shout out. There you go. Love it. I will say, though, um, you know, there are some, some guys there that are starting to separate themselves or starting to close the gap a little bit here on Matthews. And I mean, the way that Connor McDavid is playing, um, this guy can just go into super Saiyan mode and score on any given night, you know? So just three games or three goals back um, with, I think uh, one less game than the Leafs had going into tonight. Uh, I, you know, McDavid could do it. Miko Rantanen is scoring at an unreal rate right now. He could keep going. Leon Dreisaitl is an unreal goal scorer. And let's not sleep on Alex Ovechkin, who is on fire right now, up to 18 goals on the year after starting off the season so slow. So this guy, you talk about someone who scores in bunches. Alex oh, yeah. Ovechkin is Mr. Score in Bunches. Like that is right there in the dictionary for scores in bunches. Little face of Alex Ovechkin. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's won it so many times before. If he just keeps this rolling the rest of the season, has a couple more hat tricks over the next couple of weeks, which he could totally do, you know, Ovechkin's not out of the conversation. So when you talk about Matthews versus the field, it, it's it's a little tighter, I think, than uh, than you initially think about it. Yeah, but again, I mean, the if you were to take his goals per game ratio... Matthews has been out of the lineup more than those guys have been right. other than I think maybe Ovi the exception because of the COVID scare he or the COVID um, positive um, that he had. So, I mean, so Ovechkin has played two less games than Matthews and has yeah. six less goals. Exactly. Where you look at Connor McDavid, I think maybe McDavid has missed one game at most. I don't think he's actually been out this season. So, 
you look at McDavid's goal scoring numbers, yeah, that's they're fantastic. But at the percentage difference, that's why I think to your point, the bet makes sense on Matthews because the numbers fall towards Matthews' side that he's scoring at a higher clip. So if he's in the lineup, he's going to score at a higher clip, I think. Plus, he just came out of a goal scoring slump after that wrist injury. Had that four or five games where just nothing was going in, hitting posts, and now he's just finding the back of the net. So now, to your point before. We're in a Matthews gold bunch zone, and that's. I think this is going to separate him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think I saw a stat. Um, I looked it up before. I might butcher it, but he when he got injured in February, he hadn't scored a goal since I think it was like February 20th to like March 10th or March. I think it was like March 10th or maybe March 13th. Yeah. He hadn't scored a goal in that time, yet he never relinquished the lead in the rocket race. Like yeah, that's before how, he got hurt, he was on pace for like a 56, 56 or 57 goal season. At in, one in, point, it, I think it was like 64. It was more yeah. at one point. It was insane. He had like 18 goals in 17 or 16 games. It was bizarro land yeah. what he was doing early on in the year. And you're right. Now that he's healthy again, looks like his wrist is good to go. Scored again last night. He's got a couple goals in the last couple of games. I think he's uh, he's heating up once again. And, and we know when this guy gets hot... They're coming in bunches this year. And, and you know what? 40 is not out of the question. You're right. It's it's really not out of the question. No, it's doable for him. So I think I think we'll see something special with Austin Matthews. And honestly, I think for him to win a rocket in this season, condensed season, will actually be even more impressive because a lot of guys can score 40 in 80, but to score 40 in 50-something is a very special feat. So I, I hope he does it because I think he deserves it. No, He puts in the work and... That guy has one of the you know nastiest releases in the NHL, so it definitely pays dividends when he's uh, healthy. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe, I think you got your last one here for me. Let's hear it. All right, Tavares will become worth every penny in the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a hater. I'm not a no, hater. No, I don't. But don't I am no signing this man. I. What did he do last year in the playoffs? He scored the game tying goal against Columbus yeah, in the well, fourth game. That's worth eleven million. The one goal. He was really excited, though. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> like I, I, John Tavares is a fantastic hockey player. Um, since he's been into the league, he's obviously been one of the best players in the world. He was. I understand why the Leafs gave him the eleven million dollar contract when they gave it to him, but at this point, I don't see that being worth it. Uh, and the pandemic made it even so much worse with this flat cap. But to be paying him $11 million and have him not be producing like an $11 million player. Everyone's talking about it's like, hey, he's, you know, he's their second-line center. He has nearly uh, almost a point per game. I think he's got uh, I think he's like 55th or something like that in points per game um, among all forwards. But if you're 55th in points per game, you better be up there. Or, or you better, and you're making eleven million dollars. You better be up in the top ten, like because that's what everyone else making that type of money is 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 giving you. So when we look at like production versus money. He's not giving it to you. No, I understand he's a captain. He's got some off, you know, off the ice traits that he gives you that could be valuable. But I mean, that's he, he's not a guy that's won either. So it's not like he brings a winning pedigree, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I'm gonna no sign it, and, and I hate doing it because I think he's a terrific captain. He's a good dude. And he, he loves the game, and he's such a good competitor. But at this point, I think his game has taken a little bit of a step back, and $11 million in a flat cap 
condensed season is just a little too rich for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to no sign it. So I'm going to co-sign it, but only for one reason only. Okay. And it's that the Matthews line has become such a dominant force that you cannot line match against the Maple Leafs anymore. And I think that's going to become a very big issue for teams going into the playoffs, especially in this North division, because once the game gets into the playoffs, it slows down. And once it slows down, John Tavares becomes a way better hockey player. So now do I think this is going to happen at like a hundred percent level here? No, because to your point, it's been really hit or miss with Johnny T for the last, I'd say calendar year, but I think that the Austin Matthews line is going to start commanding so much more respect than it used to be able to, because you got to remember that line used to not have Marner on it. So you could have Matthews shut down with your pairings and your line matching. And then Tavares wasn't going, but at this point, the Maple Leafs have committed to having one line always going. And that's why Marner and Matthews are locked in together. So to me, I think that Tavares has the ability of being successful just based on the actual scenario, which is the playoffs and the significance of line matching in the playoffs, because I think teams will actually look and write it up on the chalkboard. We'll try and lose to Tavares, but we ain't going to lose to Matthews tonight. So right. I think that's going to be something that'll help push him through. But honestly, Mike, you're probably more right than I am because <laughs> he hasn't proved this otherwise in the last calendar year. Well, I, I mean, is there much difference in, in, matching in the playoffs and there isn't the regular season you think you, you want to win every single game no so like is your yeah. is your mentality going to change that much where you're going to throw everything at matthews in the playoffs are you not doing that now like did the jets not try and do that last night because if they did but you can tinker right like you can you have the opportunity of tinkering you have the opportunity of you know it's not must win it's not sudden death or do or die so in situations like that yeah, you you might not take Matthews as hard into the boards as you as you want to. You might you might play a little close to the line, but not play on the line. And I think that's what changes, and that's what I think Columbus did a good job of. Columbus was not a team the Leafs should have had any trouble with, but every shift for them was on that line, and right. they were taking plays and pushing plays as far as they could go physically. Not to say they were dirty, but they would finish every check. They would make sure to not take a second off from Matthews. They. I think there's more focus on it as the players themselves, not necessarily the coaching to your point, but players know that it means a lot more. And when it means a lot more, it's a lot more, you're a lot more confident when you send out your best defenseman. Like Darnell Nurse is not going to see John Tavares at the least play the Oilers. No. Right? So, whereas it'll happen in the Leafs game, it's 3-3, you know, you just throw a Darnell Nurse, Leafs throw a Tavares, big deal, both lines are going I don't think John Tavares and Darnell Nurse even know each other play the game together unless it's a power player penalty kill in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I hope you're right. I certainly Same. do hope so. You know, Same. Like, <laughs> as, uh, but for as, him, too. I mean, like, Tavares is, I think, I, I, I think the reason why hockey is cheering for him, and I'm saying hockey because, yeah, obviously Leaf fans cheer for him, but listen, okay, outside of the island. But <laughs> hockey cheers for Tavares because he did something that everybody understands. He wanted to be here since he was a kid. It was a dream for him to play for the Maple Leafs and let alone to be the captain of the Maple Leafs. Like, no, kids barely dream about being the captain of the Maple Leafs, just dream about playing for the Maple Leafs. So I think that, you know, everybody's cheering for him to have a successful tenure with the Maple Leafs because 
he wanted to be there and he did something for a franchise that not a lot of players can do at his time of his career. And I, I listen, I hope the story ends well for him. Um, I don't think Toronto would ever turn on him because John Tavares has been an absolute professional class act. And I think the guy has more in the tank, but he's got to show it to us, right? There's only so much of no, it's just opinion really. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's definitely got to come out and show it. And, and yeah. hopefully he, he does, you know, like I, I clearly would rather eat my shoe and be wrong about this than you know make sure i'm right and and tavares flames out that is not what i want at all not what yeah, i want course. at all right and we want the the leafs to win a stanley cup tavares is gonna have to be on his a game he's gonna have to go out there and like you said when they're throwing everything at, at the matthews and marner line and and you know they get a, a lesser matchup he's gonna have to go barreling in onto the net and, and try and sneak a couple of goals in there he's gonna have to get the puck out to nylander um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening on that line if Galchenyuk sticks with them or not. I guess before I get you out, and we got, yeah. we got to wrap this one up here. Your early thoughts on Galchenyuk, and if you think he is somebody who can stick on that line, or do you think they should go out and get somebody at the deadline to more of a, a longer term fix, as in like for the rest of the season? Yeah, honestly, I like listen. I gotta say, I uh, I I can eat a lot of crow on this one because I thought Galchenyuk was a waste of time from the get go, and that's no think... offense to the player. I just thought there, there's no way this is going to be a fit if you, if you don't have the ability of being, you know, a flash and and a big and a you know a spotlight in a situation like the Ottawa Senators. And that's not discrediting Ottawa; they're a young and talented team, and they're going to be fantastic. But you're a third overall pick. You scored 30 goals multiple times, and it seems like he was just the wrong fit everywhere. And I was like, if you can't make it in Montreal, well, Toronto's this, it's very similar. So oh, yeah. you you can't make it here then. But I gotta say, he has been the absolute perfect fit for that line. I'm surprised at how physical that he is, and he's not afraid to be in the corner. He's done a lot of things that a lot of players can't do at that speed, and that's the thing. You want to have a guy like Wayne Simmons there from four years ago. That would be a godsend. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? Right? The, the but now you is... have a guy who's actually more skilled, a big mm -hmm. body, and mm -hmm. who's doing the right thing. So, you know what? I think the Maple Leafs and uh, Kyle Dubas did a fantastic job with this because for the price and for where he's playing, they gave up I think they gave it's up fantastic. Nothing. They gave nothing. up absolutely nothing for this guy. And he's yeah. filled in very admirably. And I just hope... My biggest fear is that, like, right now, I think that there was a, um, I can't remember who wrote about it, but either in the Player Tribune or in the Athletic, somebody, I think it was actually Josh Cloak in the Athletic. I haven't read the piece yet, but I saw it um, the other day, yesterday, I think. And he said, there was a quote there, and Galchenyuk said, like, being sent down to the AHL was a wake-up call for me. And you could tell, based on the way that he's playing, that certainly was. And you could tell that. He, said, he must have said to himself, if I do get an opportunity to come up and play with Toronto and I get back into the NHL, you know, I want to prove that I belong here and, and I need to show that I, I deserve to stay here. And that's what he's looking like right now. My problem, not a problem, but my biggest fear is that if they don't make a move at the deadline to motivate him and they get if he becomes complacent and then we start to see those old habits and that inconsistency come back, and Galchenyuk with that complacency. And at that point, if the trade deadline is coming and gone and they can't make any more additions there, you know, they're they're either stuck with him or they gotta toss Hyman there or Simmons there or, you know, the same cast and crew that's kind of been rotating on that spot. 
all year long. That is my lone concern when it comes to Hyman or when it comes to Galchenyuk. And history would prove that that might happen. <laughs> well, honestly, I can ease your concern because I think that the the Maple Leafs have no no qualms in moving Galchenyuk out of that lineup and finding a filler for that because once Nick Robertson is healthy, he's a player that you can put back into that third line and you can move a guy like Mikheyev back up there because I think that when you look at their skill set, it's different in the sense that Mikheyev doesn't have the hands nor the finish technically because you know we know Galchenyuk has been able to score. I think you have the Leafs have options up front to move around in depth, and I think Nick Robertson being healthy will actually give the Leafs the safety blanket they need. I mean, everybody talks about, for example, Tampa Bay not having to do anything because Kucherov is going to be their you know trade deadline acquisition. Of course, I'm not comparing the situation, but what are you going to go and trade for a you know a, a midding six to, you know mid middle six winger when Nick Robertson is on the mend? And you have options to move in and out. So I think the pressure will still be on Galchenyuk because I don't think the Leafs owe him anything. I think he's learned that. I think he's learned that the NHL doesn't owe you nothing. Right. And the AHL is very close to the ECHL <laughs> or Europe. It's very close. So You're it gets right. scary. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. And, and nobody's hope- cutting your sandwiches and stuff. You got to do it all yourself. <laughs> well, the big thing, too, is that he he's only on a one-year contract. So Yeah. That should be motivating enough is that you're still working for a contract next season. And that's what Chanyuk will still be trying to do. And having a strong second half of the year with Toronto being gifted a top six role, potentially going on a big playoff run and being a big piece of that should be enough motivation for him. I guess we will see. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. That was a lot of fun. No problem. It was an absolute blast. Um, I absolutely was uh, pumped when you told me to come on because I was like, listen, when the bro calls, you got to do it. <laughs> hey, man, I'd love, uh, love to have you on again shortly. It'll definitely have to Anytime. Come. I'm sure uh, I'm sure the people really enjoyed this this conversation as much as I did. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And follow Joe at Joe Narsa. And Joe, what do you got to plug for us today? Tell us all about uh, your podcast. If you've got someone coming on or one that you just released, give us a plug. Yeah, so uh, we're uh, we're the Leaguer podcast. We've uh, been up for about I'd say a little over you know fourteen fifteen weeks. Uh, our latest guest was Darcy Tucker, and the whole point of the show is that we talk about the culture in your locker room and in your stall. So we live that. And we want to talk about it, and the whole point is that we want to get into the culture of hockey, but not the things that you heard about. We're not going to talk about you know what's going on in the game. We want to know what the players felt like in the room. We want to know what the players felt like in their team. You know, uh, I remember we were talking to Carlo Koliakov and Darcy Tucker about, you know, guys pranking each other. Um, And then we love to get into gear. And I think that nowadays gear is probably one of the most important things in the game. And you see it every night. You know, Matthew's rocking a blue CCM uh, jet speed that's fully custom graphic. His, you know, F4, um, FT4 skates, fully custom, custom graphic, CCM changing up the color and stuff like that. It's a big focus nowadays. So we wanted to give everybody something that we love, but obviously we're a little bit more niche because we want to talk about the culture of the game. And then we also want to talk about the gear that you play with and the gear that we grew up loving. Mm -hmm. So 
If you want to check us out, go to at Leaguer Podcast on uh, Twitter or Instagram. And just like Mike, you can uh, listen to his podcast everywhere the podcasts are available and ours as well. So you can check it up on Spotify, Apple um, Podcasts, Google Play and Alexa and, you know, give it a listen. Like I said, Tucker was fantastic and a few former NHLers, some uh, former some TSNers as well. Uh, So, yeah, it's been fun just, you know, mixing it up and talking about, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, not a lot of people would know about. Yeah, I love it, man. It's a great concept. And it's like you said, it's niche, but it's not much. You know, there's not much content out there. But there are those hockey nerds who just love their hockey gear. I remember we had Mark Shifley on Overdrive not too long ago, and he's talking about his stick and, and all. And it's just, I could listen to him for 10 minutes talk about his stick. It was just such a fascinating conversation that you rarely get to hear because no one normally asked about that type of stuff. No one asked about, you know, goalie equipment and kind of what the streamlining did and how different they feel and what their preference is. And it's it's really cool and different. And I'm glad that you've started up a podcast to kind of reach that audience and, and, and kind of fulfill that hole in the market. So that's really cool, Joe. Wishing you all the success uh, to you over on the Leaguers podcast, guys. Definitely go check it out and have a listen to it. Um, if you do want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.